listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast, a podcast all about your health and wellness issues that affect you every day. We want to educate, entertain, and maybe make you giggle a little along the way. No annoying statistics or jargon here, just information you can use every day to be healthier, happier, and less boring. All right, here's your host, OBGYN Dr. Ron Eaker. everybody and welcome to another Thirsty Thursday Women's Online Wellness Facebook Live. Coming to you from an undisclosed location. You might not recognize the background because I'm not at my house, but even though I'm not at my house and not in the office, I still felt a commitment to you guys to bring you the latest, greatest news information. You know, we're all about being up to date, being so exciting and bright that you can just make everybody go gaga at the next master's party that you're going to this week. Is is it just me or does this just really not feel like master's week? This is kind of like bizarro world for those of you who remember the old Seinfeld show. They used to have everything be the opposite. Well, this is a bizarro master's, but it's great to be with you tonight and We're not going to go too long, but we're going to go deep. I want to really touch a little bit on what I find very fascinating and, again, hopefully you'll find interesting also, and that's what we're finding out now about this the new Pfizer vaccine that's been in the news lately. I want to touch briefly on that, and I want to touch also briefly on what's going on with these mutations that we're hearing about with this virus and it all has some practical value because it in a very short period of time every one of you is going to have to make a choice going to have to make a decision do i want to take this vaccine is it going to be helpful for me or am i worried about it i'm still looking at data that shows that 40 to 45 percent of the u.s population is questioning whether or not they're actually going to take the vaccine once it's available and And it's not going to be just one vaccine. There's going to be many, many variants, up to 130 different vaccines are currently being investigated. So we're going to see a lot down the road. Before we get too deep into it, let me remind you that if you are still thinking about whether the new MDVIP practice style that I'm going to be beginning at the end of this month is right for you and you're still debating it, we're having another open house, another webinar this Saturday at 11 o'clock, and I'll put the link up here on the uh, uh, news feed, so you have to register for that, but if you're thinking about it, you're considering it, you're not sure exactly yet, uh, even after watching the videos that we post here as to what it is and how you're going to benefit, be sure you watch that or join us for that webinar this Saturday at 11 you have to register to get the link to to come. So please, if you're even considering it, uh, I encourage you to to watch or or just come to this live video, ask your questions, and we'll settle that. So tonight, most of you have, have known that the Pfizer vaccine has recently been in the news as showing that it has much better efficacy at preventing infection and serious infection Uh, much better than we expected. Initially, they were looking for numbers in the 60 to 70% range. Well, the data just released showed that it was better in about 90%, which is very encouraging. Now, this is with a relatively small number of 
folks. We're going to get another set of data points probably in about three weeks, and we'll know a bit more then. But this is extremely encouraging. It's why the stock market skyrocketed just recently. But it's uh, still fraught with some unknowns. Uh, there's still uh, some issues related to storage. We know that it has to be stored in extremely cold temperatures because of the nature of the vaccine. And if, just a real quick review, promise not to go into the weeds very, very deeply, but just a real quick review. This is what we call an mRNA vaccine. And that's important because it's the first time it's ever been uh, approved by the FDA, which it hadn't been yet, but hopefully will be approved by the FDA. This is the first type of vaccine of this nature that's ever been approved. And essentially just what it means is the genetic material is kind of the, the mRNA is kind of the template that makes protein. So we, that mRNA goes into your body. Your body recognizes that and your body makes these proteins that the body then says, well, this is a foreign substance. Now this protein is the little spike that is on this virus, this capsule around the virus. Remember, that's where it gets its name, Corona, Crown. It has these little spikes on it and they're proteins. And that's what attaches to the cells that means they, the, the, that allows the cells to swallow up the virus. So these vaccines produce a, uh, a genetic material that produces a protein in your body. Your body then says, whoa, no, 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 this ain't right. This is, this is not a, a normal substance and produces these antibodies against that protein. And then when the virus gets in your system, the body recognizes that protein because it's the same thing that's in that spike and it blocks the ability of the virus to then attach to the lung cells or the nasopharynx cells or whatever. So essentially it's the, the magnificent miracle that is your own body that's making this happen. Without this incredible system that we have, this wouldn't be possible. So that's the vaccine that, that Pfizer has recently come out. Again, there's going to be some issues with distribution. Uh, there's going to be uh, still remaining some issues on long-term efficacy. But all in all, it's very encouraging what we're seeing so far. Now, the second bit of news that I want to bring out is a recent study out of Houston that's showing that the SARS-CoV-2 virus is mutating fairly rapidly. Now let's think again about what a virus is. A virus is just a collection of genetic material that really is nothing but a replication machine. And remember these little spikes on the virus are just nothing but proteins. They're just nothing but assemblages of amino acids that make up proteins. Well, what happens oftentimes is you can get a mutation in one of the DNA sequences or one of the RNA sequences that substitutes one or more of these amino acids and it affects what happens with the virus. It affects what the virus does. And that's what natural selection is all about, is, is these mutations create these changes in the the way the virus acts, and normally you would expect a mutation to take 
hundreds if not thousands of years to show itself to be improved survivability, but because we're dealing with masses, billions and billions of numbers of viruses and the replication cycle is so rapid, we can actually see those changes very rapidly. So this virus is mutating. It, the, the strains, literally within two to three weeks of this virus being discovered in China, they were able to tell you exactly what its genetic makeup was. And that's, that's phenomenal if you think about it. That's like, that's like going from the Wright brothers at Kitty Hawk to a 747 in a matter of a couple of years. I mean, it's pretty phenomenal considering this technology wasn't even available a few years ago. But what is happening is we're discovering that the virus indeed is mutating, which is what viruses do. That's why they develop resistance. That's everything mutates. That's why bacteria develop resistance to antibiotics. That's why uh, people have uh, different characteristics genetically is because of a change in this genetic code. So there's nothing unusual about that. But what we are concerned about is whether or not these mutations will make a difference, A, in how the virus acts. In other words, does it become more infectious? Does it become more virulent? Does it easier, more easily spread? But more importantly, as we're talking about these vaccines, will a mutation change enough of the protein that would render a vaccine uh, not valuable, not working? Would it just make it just not able to do its job? And those are scary questions because we already know it's, it's mutating. I mean, you look at a, a really cool study that was just out of Houston where they were able to take literally 40,000 samples of the virus, even back in the summer, starting back in the summer, and they would sequence its genome, and then they, during this second wave, the second wave, which is currently undergoing, they then took all those people and they sequenced the genome, and they're finding now that about 85% of the infections in this second wave are genetically different from the original virus that was present in the first wave, if you will. And it's literally one or two amino acids. And what has happened with, and the reason this second strain is turning out to be a little more uh, virulent in some cases is because it, this one little tweak has made it more sticky, if you will, to the epithelium and the mucous membranes of the upper respiratory tract. So people who are coming down with this strain are having higher or higher viral counts. And as we know, higher viral counts sometimes make it a little bit more, um, a little bit more dangerous in, in its potential effect. In fact, that's why people wear masks. We know now without question that reducing the amount of virus that gets in your system reduces the burden of disease. So the, the belief has now been shown unquestionably that wearing masks decreases the amount of virus that gets into your system and also the amount of virus that escapes. So I don't think, that the, I don't think there's any question at this point about the validity of wearing masks from that standpoint. But this second strain that they're studying in Houston that's responsible for about 80% of the infections there now is secondary to this 
mutated strain, and it actually is a mutation on that spike protein. So the next question is, oh my gosh, because all these vaccines are being directed towards that spike protein. What happened if we spent all this money and all this time researching these things, developing these vaccines, spending billions of dollars and precious time, and this virus is changing and the, the vaccine is going to be useless? Well, here's the good news. That's not the case. And we're already seeing that. That's being studied. In fact, there was a recent study out of Australia that was looking at animal models. And they were looking at a variety of different mutations, a variety of different strains that have infected humans, in particular these ones that now have become a little bit more virulent. And they actually tested those against all the, or a substantial number of the vaccines that have been in the second and third stage of development. And the good news is they saw no drop-off in efficacy. Even though these proteins were a little bit different, that it wasn't, a, it was affecting their function, but not their structure. So to the vaccines, they still look the same on the outside. Now they may have a different function and that's why they were maybe a, attaching more to the mucous membranes, but to the vaccines, no big difference. So the good news and the positive message that I wanted to give you on this, win, or this Thursday of Masters Week, because uh, we always, we need good news in 2020, is that the vaccines that are being developed now all seem to be still having the effect that the was intended in spite of these changes that are happening in the virus. So rest easy that what we're seeing in the scientific community and the data coming out is very positive even when you break it down to the level of viral mutations. So I'm excited about that. It's finally good to get some good news. I really do believe that we're going to begin to see some distribution of vaccines, whether it's this Pfizer one, which is probably going to be the one because it's coming out quicker. We're going to start seeing distributions for those in December. Most likely, it's going to go to the highest risk individuals first, which are obviously nursing home patients and debilitated older individuals. They're by far at the greater risk. And then first frontline healthcare workers, uh, quite honestly, it's probably not going to be available to the general public until uh, well into 2021. Uh, the good news for that, for the general public, is by then we'll have a lot more data on folks who have had it uh, in their system for several months. I mean, not, not saying that we want people to be guinea pigs, but I think by far the, the benefits that we're seeing so far dramatically outweigh the risks that we're seeing. So a bit of good news on a thirsty Thursday. That's all I wanted to go with tonight because I know everybody's got a lot of stuff happening uh, this time of the year, but I, I'd like to bring some good news. Again, don't forget, if you are thinking about or considering or trying to just figure out this new practice model, MDVIP, I mean, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be fantastic. I am so excited about all the things we've got planned, not just 
just your basic health care. I mean, we're going to be delivering health care, not sick care. We're, we're going to take care of sick folks, too, but we're really going to be focused on prevention. But there's so much more we got in the works. I mean, we're going to be doing some, some really neat stuff with content, with personal interaction, with getting you information that is pragmatic and practical that you can use starting day one. I'm so fired up about the value that we're going to be able to give to folks. But if, you're, if you want to get a, a good 20 minutes of just learning what this is all about, join us Saturday at 11 o'clock. Click on the link above to register so you'll get the link to be able to join us. And I hope to see you there. So until we meet next time, make healthy choices. Happy Weird Bizarro Masters Week. Thank you for listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. To join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content, join our private Facebook community by sending a request to Women's Online Wellness. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or to get more information, email Dr. Eaker at r-e-a-k-e-r at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, choose to be healthy.